Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. I'm Pastor Art Georges, and I'm joined in the studios with uh, by Pastor Rich and Pastor Daniel. And we are in this installment of Revive the Drive, speaking of heavenly topics. And um, I want to begin out begin this session by um, uh, dealing with a very difficult topic. Um, one that has broke the hearts of many and uh, and is w- wanted to be known, uh, and that is uh, if someone has lost a believing friend due to the tragedy of suicide, will that believer uh, still enter heaven uh, despite having taken their own life? Who wants to begin to deal with that difficult topic? Right, and and uh, it, it really addressed the question. Um, can a person sin right before they die and still enter into heaven? Um, you know, with with uh, Christ's blood, it covers all sin. Um, there is a sense in which sins are different in varying degrees in, in reference to how they affect us and others here in this world. And certainly suicide is, is one of those very, very grievous sins because of the way it affects the the people who are left behind mm. it it affects so deeply families and friends who are who are left um often bewildered often just overwhelmed with grief about what what shouldn't have happened what mm-hmm. what could have happened and and so there the the sin of suicide is much more grievous in terms of its temporal effects but the truth is is that every sin um would require an eternal death in order to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And so in, in some sense, we, we ask, is it possible to sin right before you die and still go to heaven? And the answer, I believe, from Scripture is yes, um, right. absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it, it, you know it's, it's similar to a, to a uh, question, you know, could, could a person who um, maybe uh, uh, was, was drinking and driving and then Died in a in a car accident, you know. Could they go to heaven? You know, right. just any right. any any sin. Could a person lie and and then and then um, you know or, or curse, you know, right before they die, sure. you know? And sure. Um, so so the issue is, what sins does the death of Christ cover? Does it only cover the sins that are past? Does it cover sins only those that are, precede a confession? And again, the Roman Catholic Church would have some of that in their theology. That you have to have some means of grace, either last rites or confession or something, to take care of those sins that precede the last, you know, confession right, or, right. or or means of grace. Yeah. You know, we I, I believe with the Apostle Paul, if if a person is in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation, mm-hmm. Romans eight one, and mm-hmm. and and that the blood of and with the Apostle John that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin and both past. Present and the future, and That's so, good. so I believe we can have great confidence that if a believe person is in Christ, and that's that's the question that uh, is before us, um, 
if there's confidence this person is in Christ, then I believe there's confidence that this person also is uh, now restored in heaven. That's good. Sometimes the question is asked from a different perspective. It's not simply uh, the sin of taking one's own life, but Daniel, sometimes the question is asked as to whether or not a, a person who commits suicide could be in heaven because of what it seems to say about their hope. Yeah, yeah. This this is a really hard issue, and it, it's uh, you know, suicide has uh, struck my family, and so it's uh, it's 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 a very uh, it's not an abstract concept that we're talking about. I know that some of the people who are listening, I know that some of the people who are listening to us have have been through the same thing. Um. And, and and I think you have hit on an important part. And this what I would. This is also something I would just say to someone who's contemplating personally taking their their own life and saying, "Well, I, I know I prayed a prayer at some point, and so I'm I'm a believer." Um, there are there are sin. Uh, you know, a person that that decides to persist in sin, uh, knowing that what they're doing is sin, needs needs to ask, um, what, "What does that say about their relationship with the Lord?" Um, and so, absolutely, uh, the, the, can a person who commits suicide be saved? I would say absolutely. But I wouldn't, if I was a person, con- just from their own personal perspective, a, a person contemplating suicide, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just say, "Well, I, I know I prayed some prayer, and so I, I can, I can just be confident of my salvation." Uh, I would encourage a person who's who's thinking about this from a very personally personal perspective, practically. To, to think, um, what is what does it mean for me to have a transformed life and to to walk according to to what my new nature sa- says I'm supposed to do? And so there are going to be momentary lapses that that every believer uh, uh, suffers, mm-hmm. but um, the the lifestyle of a, of a true believer really should be one of life yeah. and not death. And you think of you know uh, the difference between faith and um, a person who has faith and a person who who demonstrates by their action that there haven't there hasn't been true repentance. We know that. True repentance leads to life, and false repentance and sorrow leads to death. And so if a person is, is feeling bad about something in their life and say, I'm, I'm so sorrowful, I feel so bad, I think I'll end my life, I'd really caution that person, hey, mm-hmm. that, that hard attitude is a hard attitude that shows a lack of true biblical repentance. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the characteristics of an unbeliever is that there is no fear of God before their eyes. Right. And, um, of course, uh, suicide is one of those that, that cause you to question is, does this person have any mm-hmm. fear of God? Because they know that they're going to be uh, – this is one sin that you stand immediately before God and give an account of what you've done. And and we've been talking about they take their life, but really, you know, and, and there's one sense that that's true, but really they're not taking their life. They're taking the life that God possesses. In other words, we don't, we're, we don't own ourselves. All right. Um, and we're going to give an account of what we've done with this life that God has given us as a steward. And um, so, so again, I, I think you know your point, Daniel, is is very well taken to to say if, if a person contemplates this, just as if a person's contemplating any sin, any sin. You know, um, I've had people who are contemplating leaving their families and going off in an illicit relationship, and have indeed done that. Right. They've left their their wife, for instance, and gone off with another woman, and they tell me as they go, "I know that God will forgive me." Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and and that 
my question is, how do you, how do you know? know? On what basis? Yeah. You know, God's not mocked. It's, right. it's not like we can play him, like we have him somehow now over a barrel, and he has to forgive us. There's this us contractual agreement that's what we God have. Does. Yeah. Yeah. And all we have to do is just say, God, sorry, and then continue our merry way. Mm-hmm. So a person contemplating any sin uh, in the fear of God ought to say, I can't presume upon mm-hmm. God's grace for myself. Yeah. And yet, with that said, you know, I... Um, you know, it, we, we probably all have different anecdotes of the way suicides has touched us in in some way. Um, some, again, as you mentioned, both of you mentioned much more personally than others. I my uh, I remember my first thoughts about this was a, as a young boy. My um, mom had a uh, had a, a very best friend, a very very godly woman, who lived next door to us, um, and uh, went to the same church. You know, led Bible studies. Very godly woman and. And uh, she had a baby then who, uh, after after having the, the child, um, she uh, mm. she was overwhelmed with postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And my mom said she she became a different person. You know, this joyful, bubbly person became someone who who was just overwhelmed with tears and 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 de- well, depression. You know, mm-hmm. despair mm-hmm. and. And you know she went to get some help, and it seemed like she was getting out of some help. In fact, uh, my my mom talked to her. I think I think as the story goes, the morning of this incident, and how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. And yet later in that day, she went and and uh, took her life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so so um, I think that there are. Uh, I don't think first that that's an incredibly uncommon um, precedent prior to persons. Doing something that that clearly doesn't even seem logical or reasonable, um, and and I you know again in, in certain circumstances I, I look and I say I don't think that 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 sin reveals the kind of rebellion that I can say for sure they are not a believer because right. they are so right. rebelling against God. Right. Uh, I believe they're they're overcome by certain circumstances and, and yeah. that they're God's sufficient. He's gracious and. And I believe he could have helped her, right. but at some point she made a decision that's irreversible. Psalm twenty-seven, thirteen says, "I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord mm. in the land of the living." And I think sometimes people get mm. to yep. this place where they cannot fathom God's goodness in the future, and and it, it's it's a blindsidedness. Of course, we would we would counsel them away from that and and the goodness of God, but we understand that people do reach that point. I, I know I have loved ones that I have lost um, as a result of suicide, and some were strong believers, mm-hmm. and I look forward to seeing them in the kingdom of heaven and and uh, renewing our fellowship and rejoicing in what God has done for us through the blood of Christ that cleansed even that sin of suicide. And again, uh, you know, we'd encourage anyone who's who's uh, struggling with that, with, with those thought patterns to to, to seek help, you know, it's one of the leading causes of, of death in, in young, young people. And it's, uh, it's, it's something that is, is preventable if, if people get the, the help and counsel that they need. So we'd, we'd love to, to, uh, to talk with people Absolutely. about that more. And, and just to know that if, if you're, uh, considering this, just, just know that it's, it's not something that is outside of the sphere that, that many people experience. Sometimes you, a person begins to feel even ashamed of these thoughts, and they and that shame drives them inward, as opposed to say, "Hey, mm. here's some emotions. I'm feeling this. I'm tempted toward this," and it keeps them from getting the help that they need um, 
you know, I, I know in my son Daniel's school, um, I think about four or five students have committed suicide since he's been there for yeah. you know wow. less than three right. years. So, right. so anyway, it's it's very uh, very important issue. Now to switch gears a bit here um, in our talk about heaven, um, some people ask the question: Can those who have gone before me, you know, I, my my dad, for instance, is in heaven? Um, can my dad see me? Does is and and even some even go beyond that and would say, are they looking out for me? Do they communicate with me? Do they do they kind of act as a bit of a protector for me? And uh, so, how would you uh, address that question of whether they can see us, whether they interact with us in some in some maybe spiritual, emotional way, or communicate with us? You know, a lot of Christians, and and, and may, there may be some disagreement here that, that we have too. So um, l- let me just say my my thoughts tentatively, um, with the but I'll say them tentatively as I pound my fist on the table here. <laughs> um, you know, we're not. Whenever we get to heaven, we're not going to be omniscient. You know, we're not going to be suddenly like little demigods or something. And so, if a person who's in heaven has any ability to know what's going on in our lives. It's not through, as far as we know, it's it's not through their own uh, sensory perception. It'd be God revealing the, the, to them some things about our lives. Uh, maybe you know, may, is there a big screen in heaven where you can kind of look at some of those things? I, I I don't know, but there's no indication that that's the case. And and certainly, um, it th- there's uh, the idea that they can intercede for us or that we should be we should pray to them. Is is an inappropriate uh, idea. In fact, uh, right, be not just not just inappropriate, but sinful because uh, we know that the, the people that are in heaven don't have the divine abilities that God has to to do things for us. And just like if uh, you know, like right now, I want to if I, if I wanted to talk to my wife, I wouldn't just start saying some things out in the air here. Uh, she needs to be in you know, physically present or over the phone so that she can hear and understand what I'm saying. And so the people that, that go to heaven, I guess is what I'm saying, don't suddenly have these these supernatural powers to to perceive things uh, beyond what what uh, what Scripture reveals as, as far as we know. Yeah, oftentimes the understanding that people have that uh, those who have gone to heaven are still looking over them is based on that passage in Hebrews chapter 12, which says that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses mm-hmm. and the, the the passages have been preached before as if we are uh, surrounded like a stadium-like atmosphere of the saints who have passed before. I take that passage actually to mean more that their testimony of God's pres- preserving grace to them is an encouragement to those of us who are still running the race, not as if they are still looking upon us. Although we do see in Revelation chapter 6, uh, we, we mm, yeah. recognize that the saints who have been martyred are asking the Lord, how long before you refrain from judging and avenging our blood? So they seem to have an awareness of what's going on on yeah, earth, but point. it could be simply in the sense that that next stage has not happened. They're yeah. certainly interested you know, in, yeah. in events that are, that are taking place right. on yeah. earth. So That's they're not they're not disinterested, and yet yet there's not any, uh, first any uh, real uh, revelation that's given us that would make us assume that they're intimately involved in all the right. details of of our life, and uh, um, and you know I I think too of Elijah being called up um, from 
by the the witch of Endor, which again God's in charge of of uh, Elijah sending him to Saul or Samuel. Um, Sam, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. You're right. I knew who you're talking about. Yes, but Samuel, when he when he uh, is brought up, um, he says, "You know why? Why are you disturbing?" He's exactly. Kind of, he's kind of upset. That he's <laughs> he's brought down to this fear again, having to having to deal with Saul. Why Samuel couldn't it be to, David? <laughs> right, right. Who Saul was a great disappointment to Samuel for so long, and um, and so uh, so you, you have the sense that Samuel really was was. Resting away from all that, yes, you know, uh, during that time, and certainly uh, we can say with great confidence that we are not to look to any man here now who's alive now, mm-hmm. or to a person who's dead to do that which only God can do. Right. So the family circus cartoons with the you know the little shadow outline of Grandpa doing things for them. We're rejecting that revelation. Yeah. Okay. That's right. But the the little cartoons with the I don't know and the not me, not me. Goes, those really those do re- happen. Yeah, I would <laughs> agree. That, that. Is, that is true <laughs> theology. Let's let's do one more question here, uh, brothers. Uh, and and, and look, it's uh, will we all be equal in heaven? Just kind of quickly touch on this, guys. Are, are we all going to be equal in heaven? And if if not, what what differentiates us from one another in terms of equality? Yeah. Well, uh, the parable that Jesus taught in, I believe it's Luke 19, either 17 or 19, about the minas, uh, because of the faithfulness uh, with what each servant was gifted with and the use of that, uh, those gifts, uh, they were rewarded different levels of authority in the age to come. And I take that to mean in the millennial reign. And so I think that it's clear from Christ's own words, again, a parable is meant to teach a heavenly truth that may not correspond uh, one-to-one with the earthly counterpart, but I believe that we see that there won't be uh, an equality in terms of responsibility in heaven, but certainly there will be an equality in value before God, the God that redeemed us, uh, but in terms of our functions, Paul says we'll, we'll judge the saints or rule over the saints in the age to come. And I don't think that we'll all have the same responsibilities. Yeah, it's a very interesting question, too. Uh, um, again, what, what you just uh, mentioned is very true, and there there will be very much differences of experiences and of reward and and of responsibilities given. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to think, uh, will there be differences of um, – you know, intelligence, or there'll be differences of physical capabilities. Um, you know, I, I've often thought about playing sports in heaven, and you know, if everyone is equal, then it's going to be like a tough basketball game because the defenders are absolutely perfect and the offense is absolutely perfect, <laughs> and so everybody's able to jump the exact same amount and have the same quickness. And so it's interesting to think, well, what that experience. I, I tend to think there's going to be some differences. Yeah. You know. Um, Certainly, the created world that we know, there are a huge amount of differences. So, just everyone's fingerprints are different. Um, when Daniel and I were in Africa recently, we learned that every uh, zebra's stripes are different, like an like an individual fingerprint, you know. And and um, uh, we see the the wonderful creativity of God in these differences that we all enjoy. Uh, we won't have the kind of envy or jealousy that we have here as a result of those. If if there are people who can 
jump higher, for instance, in heaven than, than myself. I, I won't long to be like them, you know, and wish wish that I were stronger and faster like they were. But uh, You're um, making me wonder if those lions thought that the zebras all tasted different. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. I'm going to try one of those again. <laughs> and and I, I think, you know, while, while on, on that, those kind of qualities, I would say that's complete speculation on my part. Um, I, I think it's less speculation to say there's going to be just differences of personality, you know, um, right. and and the wonder of of each person's personality being different, and there won't be deficiencies, the kind of deficiencies we have here. So there are some, for instance, who have diseased bodies, whether it's um, uh, cerebral palsy mm. or whether it's uh, some um, mental problem that that. Uh, that uh, retards their growth and, and abilities to think; those will be completely removed, um, and and we'll know that there is a sameness in regard to health, um, but not necessarily a sameness in regard to all the details mm-hmm. of health. Mm-hmm. If that means, yeah, that's good. You know, just like heaven never being boring, I'm not getting boring about talking about these subjects. But we do uh, need to draw this to a conclusion. We'll. Uh, We'll go on with other topics in uh, the next session, but thanks for joining us in this installment of Revive the Drive. 